Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Stanley MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for World Radio Paris. Coming up in today's show, I'm going to be looking at the importance of black fashion talent within the industry as an act of solidarity to the current movement held worldwide in memory of George Floyd. From the personal thoughts of Edward Enningfoe and the re-emergence of Andre Leon Talley to Solange Nose champing new fashion talent and Halima Adin's couture care charter for the PPE industry. Racism is a global issue, affecting every industry and every corner of the world. Vogue's Edward Enningfield speaks about the importance of cultivating an anti-racist agenda. Last week, I watched a video of George Floyd, the 46-year-old African-American man who died in custody after an officer from the Minneapolis Police Department knelt on his knee for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. I'm going to tell you exactly how it made me feel. First of all, I was racked by a feeling of intense sadness at the senseless loss of such a life. Then, I saw the video footage of Amy Cooper, the white woman who called the police on Christian Cooper, a black man walking in New York Central Park, when he asked her to put the dog on a leash. That made me feel enraged. In the days since, I've been unable to shake a very specific feeling that will be familiar to black people around the world that my wife is somehow disposable. I am lucky to have enormous privilege in my world, but as a man of colour, and as a gay man, I could not escape the sense that it doesn't matter what you have achieved or what you've contributed to your society. Your life can still be worthless. While I step out of my door in the morning, I take a walk or wander alone, and I'm always aware of my increased personal danger because of the colour of my skin. These past few days, I've gone between rage and anger to sadness and fear. What are these racist acts behind, and what do they reveal, amongst other things? The fact is, we have a lot more work to do. Anyone who thinks we're there, that we've created a society where everyone is equal, is completely wrong. Racism is a global issue and a British issue, and it's not one which is merely confined to the United States, it's everywhere, worldwide, within Europe, and it's systematic. As a black person, you learn from a very young age that you need to have your wits about you. Children are born without prejudice, but when I started school in London, I realised I was different. The name calling is the only very first thing you have to deal with. And then there have been worse moments. Growing up in Ladbroke Grove, I saw black people persecuted, arrested and abused. This happened all the time. My mother told me to watch myself whenever I left the house. 
And I still feel that the same sense of anxiety today when I step out of my front door. Because quite frankly, 40 years on, nothing has changed. This is an evolving conversation and it requires evolving education. We have to keep educating ourselves and our neighbours or the atrocities will not stop. I do not condone the violence that is breaking out across America and other cities. I am, however, not condoning the lootings as I support free speech and the rights of people to protest. I would, though, caution people to make sure that they have adequate safety arrangements in light of the pandemic, and I have convinced that we need to fight racism to convert knowledge into anti-racism, and we need to do it together. Fashion has a part to play in this. It occupies a unique place in the zeitgeist, and it has a singular ability to shift mindsets. I implore fashion brands, publications and retailers to employ more people from diverse backgrounds, and I truly believe this is the only way to reflect real change. We need black people ingrained within the infrastructure of the fashion industry, not just on the other side of the camera or appearing on an Instagram feed. People need a seat at the table. We can't make any more excuses. This is 2020, and there is a new generation rising through the ranks. They deserve better. Get to know people from other races. Read books that challenge your preconceptions. Watch documentaries that inform your values. Be curious, and do not turn a blind eye when you come across a racist act, big or small. Now is the time to act. That was an extract from the exclusive interview Edward Eninfo gave to Vogue.com. African-American fashion personality Andre Leon Talley has locked in at the number six slot on the New York Times best-selling list for hardcore non-fiction with his brand new fashion memoir. The Chiffon Trenches created a firestorm of publicity in the recent weeks, primarily due to Tawi's critique of his former boss, Volksana Winter. The book centres on his storied career, but also addresses other spikes of his life, such as sexual abuse, weight struggles and ageism. Consumer interest in the book was so strong that his publisher, Ballantyne, moved up the release date to May the 19th, from September, and green-lighted a second run before it was issually officiated out. The strategy seems to have worked, given Tawi's swift ascent to the best-selling list. Gwenon Doyle ranked first for Untamed, followed by Michelle Obama for Becoming. Tawi's recent interviews on Gayle King with CBS This Morning and Tamron Hall on her eponymous talk show surely helped to shift a few books, but Tawi said he was still surprised to make the best-selling list in just under seven days. Thrilled but kind of stunned by the whole thing, he quoted, adding that accolade had been somewhat distilled by this whole horror that had happened in Minneapolis, referring to the death of George Floyd and the recent riots. It's not just that horror, but the horror of Eric Gamer. I can't breathe Black Lives Matter, and I'm very concerned with the situation where they are burning down buildings and taking to the streets, especially in the current COVID-19 scenario. I heard last night that a looter was shot dead. 
Referring to Floyd, Tally said, This is just systematic of the world we live in. The video, I have no words. After reading an article in the Daily Mail that listed Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey's hotline, Tally said he left two messages and emailed Naomi Campbell and other friends around 7am, asking for them to do the same. We have to be very conscious of this. We have to be a collective of people. This is an important part of my book and my message. I say that advocacy is quiet, but when I found the phone number, I called, left a message and my name. And then I called back, adding that a third attempt resulted in an automatic busy signal. Racism is another issue that addresses in the chiffon trenches. The story of his life may find a larger audience. And, in talks with four parties, including Tribeca Films' Jane Rosenthal, to develop a streaming series based on his book. Tally said, as of recent, we've had four big offers, and we're talking, but nothing has yet been finalised. We're still working on negotiating it, pinning down, pinning down. Solange Knowles Agency is partnering with Parsons on a virtual festival for fashion students. With colleges closed and graduation ceremonies cancelled, the members of the class of 2020 have seen the last few months of their education disrupted in ways that no one could have imagined. Rather than going out with a bang, their academic careers are coming to a spluttering end. For graduating students at the Parsons School of Fashion, however, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. The school announced it would be partnering with Solange Knowles and St Heron on Here and Now, an immersive virtual fashion festival designed to celebrate the work of all final year students. When we realised we weren't going to be able to hold our festival in the way we typically would, we started to brainstorm around what we could do, not just for the students, but also for the fashion industry and the creative industry at large, said Jason Class, the interim dean of fashion at the Parsons School of Design. Solange and the team at St Heron instantly came to mind. The singer has close ties with the school and was honoured to be at the Parsons Annual Gala back in 2018. In classic Solange style, she showed up to the benefit dressed in a daring deconstructed jumpsuit by then-Parsons student Chanel Campbell. That eye for emerging fashion talent has been honed over for several years. The canary yellow confection she wore to the Met back in 2016, for example, was created by David Laporte, a little-known Dutch designer who she stumbled across on Instagram. More recently, Solange has expanded her creative vision beyond the world of style, with performances that look to push the boundaries of fashion, music and art. Her appearance in Gracewell Bonner's devotional sound project last summer is a prime example. And as such, Solange and her creative collective 
are well positioned to bring a radical new perspective to the idea of the online showcase. As the world confronts the challenges of our current global crisis, fashion and design communities must embrace new ways to pause, evolve and adapt. These changes are open to opportunities and they allow us to expand growth in our creativity and innovation. As of now, full details on the festival have yet to be released, but so far, the artist Jacoble Satin-White, a one-time St. Heron collaborator, has confirmed to create a 3D installation or virtual environment called Mermoney, and it will host the final projects of more than 300 graduating students. What was usually a weekend-long round of fashion events in the month of May will now take place over the course of a few months with a programme of online lectures, special performances, film screenings, design workshops and mentor sessions kicking off in July. In the past weeks, so much of the focus has been on what has been taken away or lost. Right now, feels like a moment to come together around that said class. And we're not seeing this as a consolation but rather as a new way of celebrating creativity. Halima Aden and Anywhere team up to create masks for hijabi frontline workers. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis, shortages of masks and PPE gear have posed a problem, particularly within the United States and Europe. Thanks to generous donations from private organisations and designers making efforts to produce additional supplies, the situation has improved. Still, even when frontline workers have access to the right gear, issues can arise. Created for short-term use rather than 24-7 wear, traditional masks can become quickly uncomfortable. In fact, many hospital workers have reported scarring and irritation due to the restrictive ear straps. And for hijabi doctors and nurses, the situation is further complicated by standard issue masks, which don't account for headscarves and facial coverings. With its debut collection, Anywhere attempts to address those issues. Dubbed Bandling Together, the capsule of specially designed face coverings offers an alternative to the omnipresent N95 mask. Fashion heavyweights such as hairstylist Chris McMillan and makeup artist Daniel Martin were among the first to collaborate with Anywhere on the masks. And now model Halima Aden has came on board, with a range of hijab and turban sets. Many brands have pivoted to mask making, but few have actually addressed the needs of the frontline workers from all faiths. Adem's custom hijabs add something new to the equation and also the market, which is precisely what Anywhere's co-founders, Emily Sheepy and Adi Lee Cohen had in mind. When I started speaking to Adi about inclusivity and the designs, we wanted to make sure we included women who needed to cover their hair and do so comfortably. Of course, no one was better than Lima because she used to clean hospital rooms when she first started working and had such valuable, first-hand experience of the situation. Adin stays in the St. Quaid Hospital in Minnesota and more than just a footnote to her high-fashion Cinderella story. 
as a housekeeper, she learned the ins and outs of sanitising and sterilising patient rooms. You need to rely on doctors and nurses, but also on housekeepers and cleaning staff, shared Aidan on the phone from her hometown of St Cloud. We do a huge part in keeping patients healthy. Proper mask usage is part of that task. During her time in healthcare, Aidan experienced what it was like to wear them beneath her hijab. Early on, I understood the importance of wearing protective gear, whether it was the gloves or personal protection equipment, so when COVID-19 happened and there were many shortages, I felt such sympathy. I struggled with my scarf and having to put it on, and I can remember wishing there was a way for the hijab to be a part of the uniform instead of me having to go and match the fabric and never be able to find scarf options to go with my scrubs. For her collection, Aden designed the kind of pieces she'd always been looking for. Offered in a range of tranquil colours, her turbans and hijabs integrate seamlessly into her uniform. Best of all, each purchase comes with a matching donation to provide PPE for those in need. I wanted to bring something that would provide joy to the patients and healthcare workers, she said. And when it came to designing the sets, I chose shades that would associate with peace instead of the standard white. Colours that just made me feel good looking at them. The ease of wear was also essential. This is about giving people the tools to feel comfortable with and to do their job to the best of their ability, she said. There are so many hijabi women working in healthcare and their comfort is just as important to anyone else in the workforce. With Aiden in Minnesota and the Anywhere team spread out between New York and Tel Aviv, the project came together via video conferencing. Everything happened so quickly. We were on a Zoom session and it just talked out. Then they did a beautiful job of shipping the samples immediately. I took a screen grab and texted it to my brother so he could show my mum. Then I was calling my cousin who worked with me at St Cloud and was the person who originally got me the job. Creating these has been such an honour and a full circle moment within society. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, the fashion community has responded with creativity and solidarity, and the Anywhere Cap Show is an example of both these principles. The COVID-19 era has taught the industry plenty of lessons. But Shapi and Aidan hope that the changes brought about over the last few months have a long-term effect. Right now, we are collectively experiencing the fear of lost livelihoods, losing jobs and ultimately being uncertain about our health. Those are all emotions refugees face every day, said Aidan. And my ultimate hope is that we all recognise that we are human at the end of the day. This project is about spotlighting healthcare professionals, but so many groups are banding together to fight this, and I'm so grateful the real heroes are finally getting the attention they deserve.
hope you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show, where I'll be reviewing some of the top summer style trends you can expect to see and be seen wearing as the city's shopping and social scene springs back to life. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer under Force Magazine. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.